Know what to eat, but find yourself not eating it. Perhaps you've been on diets and off again, and just wonder why you can't stick to them. The Eating For You podcast, hosted by me, Sally Ann Pisk, will show you what's been missing so you can enjoy a healthier way of eating that lasts. Hi, Sally Ann here, and we've got something a little bit different for you today. I've got Angela Mills, our resident fitness expert, and she's actually going to be hosting the episode today. Yes, I'll be taking over the microphone today and I'll be turning the table and asking Sally Ann the questions. Now, Sally Ann, you're quite an inspiration to all of us, and I thought this would be a really good opportunity to find out a little bit more about what makes you tick, what your day looks like, and how you tend to build some good habits into your day to day activities as well and actions that you do. Yeah. So, do you mind? Are you, are you willing? Are you brave? I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> She's here. Um, no. And people do ask me, well, you know, what do you do for exercise and do you weigh yourself and do you do this and Mm -hmm. do you do that? So it's kind of fun just to look at what I do do in my day. And and there are some similarities with what happens in my day, but there's also some difference and Mm. it's very seasonally related. So we're sort of been coming out of winter at this time and emerging into longer days, Mm -hmm. which I'm really embracing because I did land back in Australia literally you know, close to the shortest day, day of the year. year. I know. <laughs> and yeah. it was a bit of a shock after the northern summer. So there is some seasonal okay. variation. So how would you start your day and how different would that be from, you know, between winter and summer, for instance? Well, in winter, the priority is I get out of bed, I race down and see if the fire's still going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if it's not, I, you know, restock the fire. Mm-hmm. And, and seriously, that can take me 20 minutes, you know, by the time I get that all sorted. And so obviously in the warmer months, I don't have that as my first chore so often on waking I might need to go to the toilet so that happens I also set myself up to do some meditation Mm -hmm. maybe some yoga and I like to have a cup of either lemongrass and ginger tea or sometimes especially in winter Mm -hmm. it will be a rooibos chai and I have that in winter obviously by the fire and I do that before I head outside because the next priority is giving my horse her breakfast. So your horse gets breakfast before you do. Is that how it happens? <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting here nodding my head. Um, right. Yeah, no, I Chit Chat has her breakfast and mm-hmm. then I come back in and I probably have breakfast anytime between 8.30 and 9. So it is quite late yeah. for some people, but then my working day starts a little bit later because I often work into the evenings yeah. as well. I would say also the fact that you live on a rural property also, I guess, makes your mornings a little bit different to what it would be for someone who you yeah. know, has to get up and you know go to and, and we're in the middle know, of be at work by a certain time in the office. That's right. Yeah. So mm. I can be a little bit more flexible, which is great for getting that mm. movement in incidental activity. Although some days, as I'm sitting here rolling my shoulders at the moment, I do get a bit desk bound. But also at this time of the year, I'm picking kumquats. You know, mm. so I'm outside. You know, I might go out and do an hour of that. If anyone who's picked how many trees we got left after the floods and the drought, about four, I think. But <laughs> yeah. so, you know, that yeah. sort of thing happens. Okay. Um, but then, you know, I might go down and find out a tree has fallen on a fence, you know, mm. so that's got to be sorted out. So you're quite right. There are some things related to the property that I need to take care of as well. So when you are sort of in front of your desk, I guess, how long are you, like, are you there? Do you spend, you know, a certain number of hours a day that you try to to get into you know to actually working or does it vary yeah look it does vary and I do tend to break it up a bit 
because depending on the day, I may even, you know, if we've got something happening that I need to attend to on social media or emails, mm. then that may even happen. Mm. You know, like I go out and feed chit chat, then come in and think I've just got to do one thing. I've mm. got to check. Um, I don't get stuck on my phone. You know, I'm pretty diligent that way in terms of I don't start wandering onto the news feed and things like that. It's like, no, I just got to check this social media post and see if we've had any um, responses or any questions that I need to attend to. So that might happen. Um, and then, yeah, I'm probably working on average sometimes between say 10 and 12 or 10 and one, depends when I get hungry for lunch. And then um, if the weather's nice outside in the afternoon, I'll take my laptop and wander off with my horse somewhere and she'll have a good feed and, and I'll do some work outside. I find that really um, calming and inspirational as well. That's a, very, that's a very different work environment <laughs> to many of us. I can, I can definitely oh, yeah, attest to that. Now, you did mention in that lunch. Now, how do you actually tend to prepare lunch or is it something that you're vigilant about doing every day? Or Well, let's, let, let me take it back a bit. Food. Obviously, you're a nutritionist, so I'm, I'm coming to a topic that's very close to your heart. How does your food day look? Yeah, yeah. no, my food day is an interesting one, especially since I've had my first blood test results since menopause. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm actually doing some fine tuning with okay. nutrition at the moment. Being a vegetarian eater, I do have to look at, you know, good quality protein sources. And I think there was a little bit of a drain on my iron stores while I was traveling mm -hmm. that second uh, four weeks and possibly longer than that. So, I do look at the nutritional side of what my requirements are, but it's all about planning out what types of food and ingredients I'm going to have for the week. So I don't mm -hmm. actually do meal planning as such. It's mm -hmm. like, I know I'm going to have some tofu. I know I'm going to have some chickpea burgers. I know I'm going to have some stir fry. And then there might be a meal eaten out somewhere as well. Yeah. So I kind of look at my protein serves yeah. first because yeah. as a vegetarian, well, all of us actually, we have to think, well, what am I going to have? You know, am I going to have chicken or fish or meat and stir fry or what am I going to have as my protein serves? So when it comes to food, I am quite nutritional about it, mm -hmm. even though when it comes to actually choosing on the day what I'm going to eat, that's where the mindfulness comes mm -hmm. into play. So if I've got tofu, for example. One day I might put it into a vegetable curry. Another day it might be marinated and grilled. Another day it could be in a stir fry. So that's where I get some of this flexibility. Pre-batched or you know pre-prepared food, soups, I do uh, in bulk, also dal and other lentil mm -hmm. curries will get done in bulk and I generally leave out a couple of serves, freeze the rest, so that's always handy. And of course my main meal is, is usually at lunchtime. Ah, that's a bit different to most people would be. That's... Yeah, and look, at, I've been doing that for quite a while um, and for anyone who wants to do that, a, a great way to go about it is to actually transition. I know when I was changing towards that, I kind of had a lunch and a main, well, a dinner, you know, evening meal, the similar size. And then over time, the lunch became bigger and the evening meals lighter. And it works really well for me, Angela. I like it for a couple of reasons is that Dennis, my husband, he still eats meat. So it means we're not trying to both cook main meals at the same Sometimes, time. He yeah. tends to still have a bigger meal in the evening. We eat together, but we just eat different amounts. But what I have found when he's working from home or not working, when he's having a break, he'll eat what I eat for lunch. Mm. So he has a smaller serve so, than what I have. Uh -huh. So I end up cooking for both of us, but that doesn't matter. And then in the evening, I'll have something lighter. And I like it because it works for my digestive system. It works for my mm -hmm. energy. And also at the end of the day, I don't have to think about 
cleaning up and all of that because it might just be a soup in summer it could be a salad it's really easy and simple it's helpful with sleep overnight yeah i was going to say that it's quite a nice way to actually i guess um, in organize your food for the day because also it means you have a few hours before going to bed so you're giving your food a chance to digest before you know you don't want to go to to bed on having eaten something full you know that's right something big also like that that whole practical thing of winding down for the Mm. day you know i you know, we have a dishwasher, but there's still a lot of things that have to be hand washed. Okay. And it's like, you know, it's not my favorite job. You know, I'd okay. rather get it over and done with at lunchtime. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you, um, do you have snacks? Do you like sweets? Uh, <laughs> never, I don't think I've ever seen you eating something sweet, but I'm wondering whether you, like me, may have a hidden cupboard <laughs> at home cupboard? where you try not um, to go to. With sweet things, I, I do like a bit of chocolate from mm-hmm. time to time. But other than that, not. I I might in summer, especially in the afternoon, have like a gelato or something Mm -hmm. like that. But yes, sugar and me are not a big thing. We're Mm. not really that attached to each other. (laughs) Was there ever a time in your life when you you did? Yeah, Yeah, I can remember. um, Probably when I was studying for my year 12 exams, Mm -hmm. my mum used to buy me Tim Tam biscuits. And yeah, I would go through a lot of them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think back about how, I can't find the right word, but how, how could I say, how heavy I felt, not in terms of body weight, but mm-hmm. just, it was all the sugar as yeah. well, I'm sure. And, and obviously the long hours and studying at night. And, mm-hmm. you know, by the time I went to university, I thought that was not necessary, you know, because yeah. I worked for a couple of years before I went to uni. Um, so yeah, always a little bit of sugar uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the chocolate. Uh, do I have snacks? Again, not really. Sometimes mm-hmm. I may find myself a bit hungry, but for some reason I'm not ready to have mm-hmm. lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, or I've got a you know a work call or something. I do sometimes have work calls between 12 and 1 because it's other people's lunch breaks, so, you know, yeah. and they can have time to talk to me. So I might have a couple of handfuls of nuts. Mm-hmm. But nuts would probably be my go-to. Sometimes it might be cheese and crackers, but normally nuts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned that you're, uh, you do a little bit of yoga in the morning. Mm. Is that your activity for the day or do you try to get out again? Yeah, <laughs> look, well, it depends. See, our property is a kilometre in length. That's, so uh, if I go down the very back paddock with the horse, that's a bit of movement. Yes. And then if I walk down to take the rubbish down, which I often do, or to check the mail, mm-hmm. then that's a bit more movement as well. Having said that, one thing that I am wanting to get back into that I was doing diligently before I went to Nepal uh, was that at least a weekly bushwalk. Mm. And that's not just for the benefit of the resistant weight-bearing exercise. It's just that time in nature. And don't get me wrong, you know, you Mm. can't see out here. You know, I'm surrounded in nature here, but it's different. This is a forest that I walk in and it and it's another level, if you like, in mm-hmm. terms of trees. So that's one thing I'm certainly working on, getting back into my routine. Well and the advantage of that also it's it's weight bearing exercise that's also going to get your heart rate up. It's very different movement because you're always either you know sort of you know going over tree roots or up yeah. steps and that. So yeah. it does um having, give the body a bit of range of movement. But having as well. said that, you know yeah. if I go down the back paddock and take the laptop, I'll generally do something down there like mm-hmm 
you know, one day recently, because our dam level has dropped so much, I saw these big logs, well, yeah. not logs, branches, they're not logs, branches in the dam. So I spent 20 minutes walking around pulling out these big branches that were stuck in the mud. I don't know what sort of exercise that is, Angela. No, but... that's good. That's good. That's good. Upper body, upper back. <laughs> that's, a, that's replicating your row type movement, which is really good for all your upper back, your postural go. muscles. I don't, I don't like the rowing machine, Deep but I, know, I, I, good. Do, I, I do know how to pull tree branches it's what we call functional movement (laughs) (laughs) that's really good so see I do a lot of that you know like I said before in terms of picking the kumquats you know even Mm. you know we're talking on another episode about you know putting your hands up in the air and stuff like that well I'm Mm. often doing that when I'm pruning or you know picking fruit so that happens as well Mm. yeah no it's 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 actually uh, you're very fortunate to actually live in a place where it does offer you so many incidental (laughs) opportunities to to incorporate exercise into your day without having to to structure it as much and and even sometimes when I'm weeding in the garden because of where I am I find Mm. like I'm doing a downward dog because that's the most stable way Way of of reaching reaching to a particular weed eating the weed yeah (laughs) it's good to be able to do that (laughs) (laughs) and the neighbors are not close enough to judge either which is wonderful (laughs) no not at all. So what sort of, um, so are you an early to bed kind of girl or? Uh, look, not as much as I used to be. Um, and that probably varies a bit season to season. I, I do have a bit of a issue, not a bad issue, but I love crime dramas. So mm-hmm. sometimes in the evening, if I'm here by myself, I'll watch a couple of episodes of mm-hmm. crime drama and then I'll think, oh my goodness, it's, you know, nine o'clock or 9.30. So yeah, TV's <laughs> off. And then yeah. I'm, I would say I'm normally asleep. Mm-hmm. Most nights by 10 or 10.30 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then looking at getting up around 6 um, yeah. now that it's, like I said, the daylight mm-hmm. is coming up earlier. But sometimes I might go to bed earlier. But mm-hmm. if I do, I probably read and then mm-hmm. go go to sleep after that. Well, that sounds like a, 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 an approximate eight hours you're getting there. Is that something that you feel that your body needs? And how, yeah, how do you I, feel I, differently if you don't get that sleep? Oh, I feel like... Uh, no, I don't want to sound. I, I feel like I'd be a lot older, and I shouldn't say that because not all older people feel tired. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I need my sleep. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I used to when I was younger, which mm-hmm. is actually good. Um, I was probably more at eight to nine hours, whereas now seven to eight hours mm-hmm. if it's good quality sleep, yeah. not interrupted. So I'm like everybody else. I've got to be careful that I'm not drinking too mm-hmm. late into the evening. So if I'm working through till, say, seven or eight, at seven o'clock, it's okay, but I wouldn't be looking at having a herbal tea at eight mm. o'clock at night because I know that's going to wake me up earlier <laughs> in the morning. So yes. it's yeah. like, no, I have to get myself hydrated mm-hmm. um, before yeah. I go to bed. Mm. Okay. No, mm. that's good. Actually, that's a, that's a, I might try that because I tend to be one of those people that finishes the night with a, a herbal tea and then I, I'm sort of waking up in the middle of the night and thinking, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I'd had it earlier. Yeah, and, it, and it, <laughs> as much as I'm mindful about perhaps how much mm. I eat at mm. different times, because some days I'm more active, if I go and do a full-on two-hour hike, I'll be ravenous and I'll be into yeah. the carbs when I get home with whatever I'm eating. But if I'm at the desk all day, then... I'll eat a smaller amount. You know, mm. my husband often says, have you had enough to eat? And I said, well, I haven't done anything today. You know, yeah. like, sure, I've been using my brain and some incidental activity, but I haven't really burnt up a lot of energy and mm. I'm not actually hungry, you know. So so can I ask you, because you're, you're touching on that quite a bit, do you find that you respond on a day-to-day basis um, on what you feel that you need or do you feel that you have a ritual 
in that, well, we all always have lunch at this time. No, 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 no. definitely not. My, my rituals would be more about I like to have that cup of tea in the morning before mm-hmm. I go out. And another one would be making sure I don't drink too much in the way of fluid, say, mm-hmm. after 7.30 at night, mm-hmm. 7, probably 7.30, because that gives you enough time to go to the toilet empty out before you go to bed as yeah. well. So they're probably the the start and the finish of the day is probably what is important, but also the fact that I tend to most of the time have that bigger meal in the middle of the day is, mm-hmm. is part of the eating ritual as well. Other than that, everything's just as it comes, you know. And I'm like everybody else. I'm going to eat what's in the house. I'm not yeah. going to... I, I live a long way from a supermarket or a grocery or the co-op where I buy most of my fresh food. So it's not like I'm thinking, oh, well, I feel like eating this now. I'm going to jump in the car and travel yeah. for 45 minutes to go and get it. So, yeah, it's... Vibrant. You say if you don't keep it at home, you don't eat it. <laughs> yeah, not so much that. But it's more like that example I gave earlier about, you know, if I feel like having tofu, how do I want to have that today? Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to be in a stir fryer curry or am I going to grill it with some mm-hmm. marinade? So that's just a simple example of how the mindfulness comes in and the quantities that I eat, depending mm-hmm. on the weather, depending on how active I've been. Mm-hmm. You're very inspirational in that respect. <laughs> now, I will ask you one other question just to finish up with. Do you have anything that you're, you'd want to change or any goals or something that you, you're not doing at the moment in your day or you feel that you should yeah. be doing yeah. or doing differently? Yeah, and, and I'm like everybody else. I've got 24 hours and you know I do probably watch a bit too much crime, crime <laughs> drama at times, so there's not like time as the issue. Um, but from a food point of view, one thing I've noticed since coming back from overseas, I'm not, I've got to really watch being hydrated. You know, I'm like I, when I'm out with the horse, I take a big bottle and I, I have like this, I think it's about a 400 mil bottle on my desk. Um, I've noticed that I haven't been hydrating as well. So, mm. and I think it's because again, I came from the Northern summer back to winter and it was so mm. cold and I just didn't feel like drinking, but I've got the heater on and you still dehydrate. Mm. So that's one thing that I've been working on. Recent blood tests, as I was mentioning earlier, post-menopause, just need to fine-tune a few things with my iron. And the big one there for me is the really drinking black tea too close to a meal because the, the components in the tea actually decrease the absorption of iron. So I was actually thinking, you know what? I like my Ruby Boss chai as much as my black tea chai, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to give it away. That's mm-hmm. no big deal mm-hmm. for me at all. So that's one thing I've got to fine-tune. A little bit of a change with the cholesterol levels, but the doctor thinks that's more about the hormonal changes with the LDL, the estrogen dropping effect can affect your LDL cholesterol. So I've got to keep an eye on that. But food-wise, probably not a lot that I could do with that. So that's just something to, to monitor. Okay, well, I have been making some notes there, so I'm going to try and definitely... Uh, you, you're very inspiring, so I'm going to try and take some of these and, and see if I can incorporate them into into my life as well, which is good. Now, look, is there anything else you'd like to add that yeah. I haven't probed in that you really feel that... No, I think, you know, the whole reason why I started eating for you was, you know, some of the battles I had with food when I was younger, but also the stories that I've heard through the 30-odd years that I've worked in nutrition and dietetics and you know eating was never supposed to be so hard Mm. it was never supposed to be so confusing it was never definitely never supposed to be so guilt-ridden 
and it's about yeah no just take one meal at a time one day Mm. at a time and that whole idea that we need to eat the same amount of food every day you know I shudder when I think about the meal plans I used to hand out when I was a new graduate dietitian why did anyone think that we needed the same amount of food every day because we don't do the same every day in winter we probably need to eat a bit more because it's cold you know Mm. we've got to take care that we keep ourselves warm so we Mm. don't get that feeling to eat and and feel hungrier in Mm. summer we probably need less and we need lighter food because it's warm and yeah that was nothing that I learned in my training it's Mm. something that you just learn in terms of what you often say Angela about learning what suits your body food's the same Mm. it's just about taking some time but one thing I've come to realize recently is that just because you want to eat mindfully it doesn't just happen Mm -hmm. and um, it's about getting that guidance to help you tune into what your body's telling you and also to get rid of all that dieting mindset that we've had for years and decades that is one of the biggest barriers I find for people finding a mindful and natural way of eating for them. Mm-hmm. Well listening to you speak about how your day comes together it, it almost sounds too simple in some ways you know in terms of the fact that you're you're essentially almost going with the flow and it's as if the the eating just falls into um, the day in terms of what your body's needing at this point for nourishment and to fuel you to to, to go on rather than yeah sort of over analyzing it and, and I almost expected you to come back and say that you do you make sure you get these micronutrients and this and that into your day and you haven't you've really just come away and saying these are the key fundamental building blocks on which I base my eating and, and how it fits into my day time wise and you you just you make that feel as if it's just such a um, I guess it's, it's the mindfulness isn't it it's that fact that you're just doing it in such an intuitive way that it uh, it it almost feels simple yeah, yeah. And, and there's still decisions around that. You know, I did a podcast recently on intuitive eating is actually not intuitive because there are decisions we still make. Mm. And if we look at the one of the, the main definitions around intuitive is that instinct of knowing. But because our days are all different, it's not so much an instinctive thing anymore. It's like mm. we do have to make some decisions around what we want to eat and how much we eat. But those decisions become less because once we know what works for us then it's not like ah I'm thinking you know of uh, 50 different things I could eat for lunch you know most of us probably only have 21 meals each season that we gravitate to with some variations of ingredients so once we know what works for us there are less decisions to make and it becomes more more simple but in the beginning there's quite a lot of questioning and reflection that's required to get in touch with mm. what actually works for you. Well, thank you again for all that insight. That was, uh, I learned a lot through listening to you there and I appreciate you giving me over the microphone. <laughs> I know that would not be easy. Now, look, <laughs> I trust you, Angela, and I was willing to go on this journey. So. I really wanted to hear about the sugar one. I wanted to, <laughs> which is good. But no, thank you very much for allowing me to ask you these questions and, and also for sharing so much about uh, how you, I guess, take what you, you preach in many respects isn't it and how it can work in you know how you can fit that into your your own lifestyle yeah no I'm, I'm very fortunate in terms of where I live the fact that most days I can manage my work time and um yeah I'm just feel very grateful yeah yeah so 
So thank you, Angela. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Until next time. Yes. Um, so thanks, everyone, for listening. As I said, it was a little bit different uh, today. And if you've got any questions about mindful eating or the eating for you approach, I do offer a free 15-minute call. In that time, we can talk about what your challenges are with eating. And if I can help you, I'll send you away with a very personalized tip to try out uh, mindful eating for yourself. And as always, as I said, thanks for listening. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it on your Instagram and Facebook pages. And I look forward to sharing with you again next week. You have been listening to the Eating For You podcast with Sally Ann Pisk. If your current way of eating is not working for you, then join me in a free 15-minute mindful eating discovery call. If I can help you, I will provide you with a personalized tip to get you started with a way of eating that will bring lasting results for your weight and your health. And if I'm not the best person to help you, I will do my best to refer you on. The booking link is included with this episode's notes.